so they made a copy of robots pretending humans pretending to be robots pretending to be humans. So by the way, on we're back with a new format. Yay! So the new format is actually that we're recording live. So the first six episodes was recording back to back. And now we're recording one episode. Then we are streaming it. Then we're waiting for your comments. Then we are recording a new one with a follow-up section. Yeah. So the, the whole spirit is to make this podcast more interactive. Well, by uh, adding in the feedback, yeah, the comments and the different points of everyone. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to be crawling... Reddit, Twitter, we need to do a better job at that. Gmail, so notdailypodcast.com or notdailypodcast.gmail.com. At gmail.com. Did I say that? What did I say? Dot. Oh my God. I'm such a failure at emails. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so what do we do about all the comments and feedback we received on the episodes we've already shot? Vlad. We're doing a special episode of all the follow-up today. So this episode won't be a real episode, it will just be follow-up of the first six episodes. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I guess, like, you know how we title the episodes with a, a question usually? Maybe this time the question is going to be like, what do we do with all of your comments? <laughs> what, how, how do you catch up on the lost time of interactivity? Yeah, so starting now... You will be an integral part of the show and... Hopefully, if you exist. Even more of a three-way conversation than before. By the way, I meant to tell you that I trained a machine learning model on all the data I could get from my social network. It took me hours of training, but eventually it could learn to mimic a human brain. It was a fairly standard pattern like you'd see in movies like The Guest or Van der Vag or Anyone by Jude Apatrow. Okay. It may not have been exact, and it certainly wasn't subtle, but it was close. Like, given enough data, a model could learn to understand the semantics of a conversation. Wait, are you actually reading what it's written? Yes! <laughs> so this part was written by the AI I train. <laughs> Good. Because... <laughs> that's amazing. Jude Apatrow, I don't think that's a real actor or director like i don't know why did you change something or is it actually what it's written so this is actually what is written but i picked among uh, like a dozen of trials and uh, i did feed it the by the way i mean, meant to tell you i trained a machine learning model so that it's still like uh, uh consistent however i what did you fed it? So I've uh, played around with a lot of different data sets because right now it's super easy to do on uh, on uh, Google Collaboratory. So it, it, I, I tried on my machine. It took one night. And it turns out that Google has that thing where you can run code online on their servers or, or like I don't really know in the cloud. What? And it takes like one hour <laughs> or half an hour. So Is it free? Yeah. Is it only yeah, for yeah, Google yeah. employee? So I'll for everyone? Yeah, it's for everyone. That's insane. Okay. So I'll include a link in the description. And uh, so I have a blog post detailing what I did. But essentially, I downloaded all my data from Facebook, Google, Tumblr, WordPress, 
uh, and Discord too. Yeah. Uh, so because of uh, European regulations, I assume it's very easy to download a dump of all your data, which is really nice. Uh, like within a certain time frame. Like Discord took me like one month or so. Like they they took one month to compile my my data. And the TLDR, so the whole the, the article on my blog d describes all the things I've tried, but the TLDR is that it doesn't do very great for conversation, no matter what I tried. Uh, it works really well f with uh, more constructed text, like my blog posts, etc. So it's the, it's the machine learning uh, algorithm called GPT-2 that you may have uh, yeah. seen in the news, developed by OpenAI. Mm -hmm. And like that, that is supposedly the dumbed down version of the the AI they didn't want to release uh, because the text was so believable, it's dangerous or something like that. I haven't heard that story. What's the story really? about? So when they released GPT-2, they were like, oh, we had another version, but we won't show it nor release it because the text it produces are too credible and it's really a, a, a threat, I guess. That is insane. And uh, even GPT-2 does pretty believable articles. Like, it's pretty nice at following uh, a train of thoughts. Uh, I've been able to write a full short story using it, but it doesn't really have a point. <laughs> it doesn't have, like, structure. I don't know. It's great at the micro level, but not that much at the macro level. I mean, like, still. Uh, yeah. Like, if, if you would read it without, like, paying attention to it, would you think that it's a human writing it? Even if it wasn't a goal for a goal, wait, wait. It's more than that. Like when I saw the output of the this, I felt really weird because it really felt like something I would have written, like I had written long ago and forgot about, or something like that. I kind of like felt that it was written by another me. It was like a bit weird. Very nice That's experience. Yeah, it's so sad that I don't have that much data. I I think that it's. Yeah, I think it's really great at uh, emulating a style. So it 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 comes with like pre-trained on the English language, okay. I think, and then you further train it to to whatever corpus you want. The training is very simple. It just takes the TXT with lines, so it's so simple. And in this Google thing, you can fit it on Google Drive, so it's that simple. So naturally, my next step was to train it on other corpora like uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or Homestuck or Welcome to Night Vale. It did some really cool stuff on Welcome to Night Vale. Makes sense. Which, so, so it does really, really good uh, imitations, which incidentally makes you question the whole concept of authorship. But <laughs> that was a lot of fun. So I've been spending a lot of hours doing that. Are you putting the text anywhere? Like, can we find the text anywhere? So I have a, I made a Tumblr called yo252yo-a, just like the robot in Caprica, Zoe A, uh, where I have, I use the tag to say what corpus I trained it on. So if you want to read some fake uh, Douglas Adams or fake Andrew C or fake Welcome to Night Vale or fake me, I guess, <laughs> you can go there. So uh, wait, wait, wait. So it's tumblr.com. Yo252yo-a.tumblr.com Because Night Vale is so weird, like, I'm not super surprised that it works well with it. Like, I mean, you're never truly alone if you believe in a benevolent government can very much be something that you hear in Night Vale. Yes. So, like, it has a personality that the, the, the neural network picks up on, which is pretty nice. <coughs> I love the Night Vale one. 
yeah, the Nightville one is probably my favorite. On the Homestuck, I didn't have much success because also because it's mostly conversations and it doesn't do well with conversations. And on uh, Douglas Adams, it mostly was producing like bits of novels, essentially, <laughs> like bits of dialogues, but without any context. So, yeah, so it produces great stuff, but you if you have a human eye to keep an eye on it and like if you pick the best out of it which is a bit cheating i guess i mean like i don't know it's surprisingly it makes surprisingly a lot of sense i would like to say thank you to this episode's sponsors Hours. If you're looking for a precise way to quantify time, but the rotation of your planet is too damn slow, why not consider Hours? This award-winning, arbitrary subdivision will offer much more expressivity than days or months. Hours, a time unit at your scale. So in the first episode, we talked about Google Home and what is the best rating system. And uh, I have a very good comment from uh, Florian, who told us from a very computer science perspective that this problem uh, has a lot more depth and complexity that we were not mentioning because it depends on a lot of hidden axioms. So like, what do you know about your inputs? What do you, from a computer science perspective, what kind of... Uh, complexity and memory do you have available and so we wanted to give a rating in one go as soon as we have a data point that was a hidden assumption but in computer science often you'd have like let's say you give an approximate rating and then you re-rank the whole thing and so you can have two passes on your data and so the the actual conceptual problem of rating is even bigger but based on your as uh, based on our assumption of not knowing anything about the data and doing like kind of one-to-one -one comparison this is exactly so he was saying that this is exactly what the hello system was doing which is very flexible because it doesn't know anything about the data but uh, slowly converging because i mean that's the price you have to pay for this flexibility he, he was pointing out that there is actually an artifact that uh, through time, the, for example, in chess, the chess average elo is growing. Yeah. So. But the thing is, like, it's completely different, though, because there's always, like, multiple paths. What? Between what and what? What is different? Because, like, what we were trying, like, because we, so we, we say two things during the first episode, if I remember well. The first thing is, like, it needs to be one go because human beings are lazy as fuck. So we run into that issue of, like, yeah, but, like, you need then to, like, write the first copy, for example, again. And we're like, yeah, but like no one has time to do that. So I don't think it's the same thing. And second thing is the hello system works when you want your rating to be continuous in time, meaning you're rating a player or like a user or something against someone or something, but like in time, meaning it will change. So like you actually have like a lot of like comparison point for the same. It's not a one to one comparison. It's a one to one comparison at instant T, but like it works because it moves in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because you get more data points uh, through time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think what the comment was saying is that 
there's actually a way bigger space of possibilities that if you're not a human being, <laughs> you can explore. But for the purposes of human beings rating their to-do list, I think we did fine. And so he was also he was closing by uh, saying that he would love to 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 find the time to work and find a, a rating system that uh, that can detect anomalies, so converge rapidly or something like that to avoid in, for example, StarCraft 2 or esports when people make a new account, a Smurf account, uh, so that they they are not ranked as low but directly as high to avoid this kind of abuses which are prevalent in online gaming. But I never understood, like, I, I know that, like, in gaming, it's quite, like, a normal issue, like, in every game that, like, has a rating, you have that issue. I never understood why, though. I, like, I don't understand the complexity of it. Like, if the guy wins, like, five parties in a row very quickly, then, like, you just push him. I don't... Yes, but you push him at the top of the noobs, essentially, because you don't want to put him in the Grandmasters Leagues right away. Ah, but then it's gradual. I mean, like, the first five party needs to be a bigger E, like a bigger like learning ratios and like the next 40. You, I mean, you win your first party, you, you go like 1000 point, whatever. Then you win your second party, you go 2000, like you lose. Uh, then you're, you're very, very subject to randomness flukes. If you have a cold or if you sneeze in the middle of the match, then your whole career is ruined. Not really, because your E, like your learning ratio is the same for the first like 5 to 10. I don't know, like 10. I don't know, you can change that via the data. I understand that they have to be very conservative because the gaming community is not the most forgiving one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, they could try. That's what they're doing in Overwatch. No? You have like your five placement yeah, party. And I... Everyone's complaining about Overwatch placement games. That's the most famous meme in Overwatch. Because it's bullshit though. Like you can win, like I don't know the algorithm, but you can win your five party and like still be... And like you can lose your five party and still be a good player because it's not a one-to-one -one match. Why? But like if it's one-to-one, -one, then it's a bit different. So I think it's a whole area of mathematics research that is probably very oh. tough to crack, right? And pretty different from what we are doing. So the, the... I mean, like it can still apply a bit. Like, I mean, when you're a teacher, like the first, like you have a mental model of each of your... Uh, You're gonna make a uh, placement uh, placement tests for your students, and you have the league. But that's exactly what you do, though. Like the first homework that you give, like just to have an idea of like where they are. Should we move on to second topic? So episode two, surface go, and what is wrong with USB-C? Hashtag tech. <laughs> Miriuko wrote Miriuku. What I don't know. Weird pseudonym. <laughs> We also know, right, that like it's way more complicated than we said. That actually there's a number of USB C three generations. So USB C three dot one, USB three three dot zero, USB three three dot two. And I think I'm not sure it's the same person, but like there's also something about Thunderbolt. So first on USB three three one three two three three. So I think like we kind of talk about it just a bit, but basically, so I, I, I've read the Wikipedia page. Okay, so you you come fully prepared, you've dived into this comment. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is happening there? That's nice because I didn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, so I read the thing and it's like completely fucked up. So you have like, at the start, USB 3.0, USB 3 which could be different thing. 
So like there was voltage slash ampere, it could be two things, I think. Don't quote me on anything that I say. And like, it could also be two different like uh, speed of transfer. Then they were like, okay, that's not good enough. We're gonna put USB 3.1 with like the different generation. So generation one, still four different kind of like uh, ampere and uh, transfer. And then they added, I think it's 3.1 where they added that it could be sendable or not. <laughs> generation two, same shit, but like without different voltage. And 3.2, you could think that they were like, maybe we should standardize that shit. No, no, no. It's way worse now. There's like four different speeds, I think. Like an insane amount of things. And like, it doesn't make... Oh yeah, I, I'm looking at uh, at the Wikipedia page. You have USB 3.2 Gen 1 X1, Gen 1 X2, Gen 2 X1. Nice. Yeah. So, and like, I don't understand what the fuck is happening there, actually. Like, I, I just... <laughs> Like, meaning, like, the only difference between generation 1x2 and 2x1 is that, like, it can be, <laughs> like, the, because, like, USB-C, USB 3.2 is not the same thing as USB-C. It can actually be, yes, be right? USB-A the, or the, the The letter is the shape of the port and the... Yes, the... yes. So like it actually means nothing except that for each generation you can have you have always like a better version that can only be USB C <laughs> the version plus plus. Do you think there's anyone in the world that understands all of it? I don't think but like I don't understand like what the fuck is happening. Actually, like I don't understand how do you get to that point? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like <laughs> I mean, can't you just say, like, the standard is that shit? Like, let's do that shit? Like, and then, like, the worst part is, like, you never know what you're buying. Yeah, yeah. So, in the, in the, in the episode, we were talking from the consumer point of view, right? Saying that the consumer doesn't have any idea. And if, even by digging, we don't have any idea. But, like, you can't, you, you actually can't have any. No, but, like, the worst part after that is, like, Thunderbolt. Because Thunderbolt, so I saw it was only an Apple thing. So I, I check it a bit online after like that comment. I was like, okay, let's check a bit what it is. It's actually Intel and Apple that invented the shit. And then like in 2018, it's completely free of use. So anyone can use it. It's not like linked to Apple anymore. And actually like PC has it now. Like I think this new surface has like a Thunderbolt like port. Thunderbolt is as weird as USB. Like there's like multiple versions, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, the fourth one is coming. It can be different shape. So again, it's just a standard. It's not like a shape of wire. And now they're linking. So that's because of Apple. They're linking USB-C with Thunderbolt. And the problem is you can have a USB-C screen that is like 4K, but USB-C, USB 3 or 3.2 doesn't have enough speed to actually do the 4K. It can only do that if it's Thunderbolt. Okay, well, that, that that's good for the consumer point of view, right? It's a simple thing to check. No, because it's not written anywhere. it's anyone. Thunderbolt or not. Yeah, okay, but it's still less confusing than Gen 1.2.5x2. No, but, like, the problem is, like, you can buy a USB-C cable, put on your screen, like, that costs 2,000 bucks because it's 4K, and not having, like, it's working, but not having 4K just because of your, like, 5 euros cable. Yeah, as a consumer, it's, as a, 
inform consumer. It's easier to check if it's uh, Thunderbolt than check if it's uh, Gen 2.5. Uh... I actually wouldn't have an issue with it if everything was standard. Like meaning if the cable was standardized. Like meaning USB-C 3.2.B is like the blue cable. 3.2 is like the red cable. If it was color-coded, color it would be kind of fine. <laughs> color-coded. It would already be a mess, but it would be a manageable mess. <laughs> exactly. Because you have the cable that does that. But now that I know that you can have USB 3 in a USB-A cable, like, I'm a bit mind-blown. I guess that's what happens when you have a lot of different stakeholders and a lot of different use cases and you try to make something that pleases everyone, right? So I saw, for example, the Yeti cable was shitty because it's USB-A. But maybe it's a USB 3 USB A cable. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so I saw another comment on the subreddit ah. that offered sympathy for the loss of the audio jack. But somehow for the audio jack, they managed to do something tolerable. Oh. Didn't they? What's tolerable with audio jack? Like, isn't that always the same cable, always the same connector? And always the same expectations? So first, not really. Not super into audio. First, there's different size of audio jack. So like there's 2.5, 3.5, and like the big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first, like for example, this fucking headphone, I have a 2.5 thingy in, and out is a 3.5. So you can only buy this like weird wire that you can't find anywhere. And then like, I'm not sure because that's very, very expensive jack. And I'm pretty sure that it does something else than like, the normal jack. I think what happens with jack, it is all analog. So the quality of the signal depends directly on the materials, probably. And also like, usually in IN audio MP3 player, like flag player, you have like something else, like a DAC, it's called, I think, which like decode, like the decoder of what the jack input does is super important because it's not like it needs to be transformed. So even if the plug is the same, what's behind the plug is super important. But yeah, like anything would work on your phone, maybe not at the best capacity, but if it plug in, you will have sound, which is like still something. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone hates like that, like there's no audio jack anymore. I mean, who care? Like actually, actually, like, I'm I'm pretty sure that actually what's happening is like no one like if you do market research on it, no one would care. Like if you actually ask the question, like do you use a jack? Well, it's based on that that they take this decision. I assume that they check that the market would allow it, and they and, and they were right. I mean I don't know. Like I have Bluetooth headphones since forever now, like ten like six seven years. So I'm like don't change anything. Like I have a jack on my phone. Now. Oh, and for this episode, I also have a little erratum uh, from uh, MiruQ2 that we, I think, talked a lot about uh, voltage or whatever. Uh, I don't remember. Like, the, the the whole point of this podcast is that we're never going to be precise. But, uh, yeah, I don't remember what unit I used, but I, we were talking about how I compared different chargers. And what I actually compared is the volt times... Amp, uh, intensity in amperes, the power you get, that's the go-to comparison metric. Because po uh, the number of volts doesn't mean anything if you don't have the number of amperes with it. So apologies if I wasn't clear, uh, but that's going to happen a lot. <laughs> we, sh we should really rename that podcast, Don't Quote Me. Don't Quote Me. <laughs> like, I think it's a better Don't name. Quote Me, but... <laughs> Thank you.
So in episode three, we have a little less to talk about, I think. Uh, it was Terra's House and What is the Balance of Cringe? I heard some pretty good feedback about people liking this discussion about cringe, <laughs> anecdotal, but nothing uh, very uh, meaty as far as comments go, except one friend who told me that the description of the episodes that we put on Reddit on our Twitter are pretty cringy in themselves which I completely agree. And I wanted to have your opinion on that uh, because when I do any kind of like artistic or production thing, I always kind of like try not to think about it. Otherwise I get super self-conscious and because it's taking yourself way too seriously. So when we do the podcast descriptions, you can have to, by the format, take yourself seriously, saying, oh, yeah, we talked about blah, 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 even though it feels so unnatural, right? There's the format that you have to follow. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> first, I think that, like, the hashtag is super cringy. I hate the hashtag. Like, so first, like, I would remove this. Like, I don't think, like, we need that. <laughs> and then... Okay, we can think about it, but let's stick to general discussion. <laughs> and then, like, the the actual naming? He was talking more about the, the description than the naming, right? Like, oh, Vlad and oh. me talked about, like, oh, this time we talk about this thing. Uh, like, it was like, Johan introduces his new Surface Go. I mean, what could we do, though? But I mean, like, it would be weird to do it other way. Like, yes, exactly. But it's still third-person alert. <laughs> I don't feel it's cringy. Like, I think we can do a better job. Uh, like, they're not the most perfect description ever. But I think that, like, we need to talk about ourselves in the third person because from the exterior, like, we're not speaking. It's just a description of what they're going to listen to. So I don't think it's cringy. It's just, like, the but format. Vis-a-vis the, -vis, and uh, the, the, whole the whole discussion we had in this episode, do you think that we're taking ourselves too seriously? Like, we, we were talking about uh, the fact that cringe kind of comes from the gap between the expectation of the author and the actual result. I think when you try to take something seriously, you're always potentially prone to cringe, maybe, if the people don't take it seriously. Is that a, a strong statement? No, no, I agree. I completely agree. Like, if you take something seriously and everyone around you is like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that isn't a joke. Like, obviously, it's cringy as fuck. I don't think we are... Like, because obviously the description is linked to the podcast. And I think it's kind of like the same kind of tone. Like, the podcast is not super serious, but it's still a bit serious. Like, we're still talking about, like, subject. Like, we're just not, like, bantering, basically. So, like, we're actually talking about a subject. So, it's a bit serious without being, like, hardcore, like, philosophy. And, and the description is a bit serious as well, but, like, with a bit of a joke. Like, I mean, it's quite, like, the same tone. This episode is brought to you by microphones. If you're tired of the sound waves you're producing, dissipating and going to waste, why not try microphones to transform them into analog or digital signals that you could store or reuse later? Since I've started using microphones, I can enjoy my sweet, sweet waves over and over again.
Let's go back to episode 4, Cat Toys and Why There No Pokemon Go Copycats. So what happened there? What happened then? So in the meantime of episode 4 from now, like 4 months, 5 months, 6 months, a while ago, <laughs> uh, a lot of game actually came out or has been announced. The first one, the biggest one, is obviously Harry Potter Go. So I've played mm -hmm. it a while. Not a while, like one week. Not even one week, three days. I've tried it too. It was a very boring game. What they tried to do, I think, like, so it's the same company as Pokemon Go, if you didn't know. Like, mostly the listeners, I think you know. And, like, it's pretty much Pokemon Go. So you need to collect events that is happening in the world. It reminded me of the stickers you collect as a kid. I think you collect stickers. Exactly. Like, it's, you collect stickers of events. And the only thing that is really different is, like, during the event that is happening in the world, like, you can do a bit of a different shit than just, like, throw a Pokeball. You can, like, do different sorts. Like, your so, like, gameplay is a bit different. Yeah. But the end goal is the same. And I don't think it is working with Harry Potter at all. Yeah, it's... it's Yeah, the, the, the end goal... Like, you say it's the same. It's actually pretty different right capturing pokemon is way more enticing than capturing harry potter stickers or i don't know it doesn't make sense to me to capture harry potter stickers <laughs> but like i don't understand because like there's actually good thinking sometimes like you actually have like what they call dungeon like where you have like group like group events where like stuff is happening and i think it would have been way more interesting to actually go completely because like there, there's some rpg element to it like you can have a level you can like choose different skills and go deeply in that rpg thought and not going at all into the collect the event stickers collection mode well i have good news for you because so what happened is between this to prepare for this uh specific uh, follow-up i Googled on Google Play uh, GPS games, and I tried them all. I do that every couple of years. Okay. <laughs> and there is one that's exactly what you're describing, which is called Magus, I think. So you go in the wild, you find equipment, you fight beasts. It's more like an MMORPG, like, uh, and you level up. And there is PvP, but I guess since nobody's playing, uh, because it's not Pokemon Go, people don't kill each other. But that's really like Harry Potter go but step up where you actually do the mmorpg stuff instead of doing a sticker book so you sh you could take uh, you could check that out i i played it for a little bit but then i dropped it like i dropped many of these games i tried because look, so most of them are buggy and not stable at all but the ones that are not don't really appeal to me because the thing that, that my main complaint is that they treat each location on earth as the same essentially oh. like they, they they are evenly distributed on the surface of earth which kind of defeats the purpose for me like i want to i want a reason to go out Obviously. and to go far yeah. so that i get something different from next to my house and none of these games do that so i've seen a lot of collection games like harry potter go and pokemon go uh what did i so there's one i'm still playing called resources basically there's like 10 20 different minerals and you scan to see which of them are in your given spot and you can mine them and then you go somewhere else and there's different minerals and some of them are rarer and then you produce stuff from the minerals and uh, a kind of tech tree 
uh, and the, everything is linked to a global marketplace. So the different resources go high and low. So I'm stockpiling on clay until I can sell it. It's okay, I guess. It's not the best game, but it does the job. <laughs> so it's my favorite so far. And how does it use location? So it uses location because uh, at any location, there is so there is i think randomly distributed resources and for instance down my street there is sand and up my street there is coal <laughs> and at my house there is nothing <laughs> so the, the, the it's one of the rare games i've seen use the real world as actually a competitive resource pokemon go we, we talked about it how smart it is to have this asynchronous battle that doesn't cause any actual fights over the shared resource that is the world. Well, some games embrace it and can't because of their small user base. I'm, I'm actually downloading right now resources just to like see what's like what the fuss. Uh, quite excited about it, to be honest. Well, uh, I, I don't think it's the next big thing, but I've been pleasantly like it's... The, the, one other thing I thought to myself is that there's actually not a lot of mobile games that embraces deft, right? The most mobile games want you to play on the subway a game in 10 minutes, so they're, they're like very simple. So I, I think that's what throws me off about... Well, that's another factor that throws me off about this kind of GPS-based games. Uh, yeah, I feel like augmented reality is coming more and more. And I think like there will be in less than two, three years, like an actual hardware for it. And I'm, it might be why. And like when you see you know, like Minecraft, like it's Microsoft that do a lot of AR already. And Minecraft Earth is really about like a mobile experience it's not about hololens at all it is but it's not so i feel like there might be a hardware coming in so in episode five we talked about microphone or new microphones yeah and uh, what was the universe optimizing for and i think we essentially managed to scratch the surface and present the topic and not go even not go deeper we had a nice conclusion but so the point is there is a lot more to say about it and we will certainly have a series like an, at least one episode but i have a series of ideas for maybe a whole series on it so yeah uh, stay tuned and we'll not address it now <laughs> makes sense Episode 6. This brings us to our last episode to date, uh, where we talked about Bandersnatch and how to manage our to-dos. And the main comment I've seen by far from people talking to me directly is, why the fuck are you emailing yourself? So I spend a lot of time thinking about this. <laughs> and Because I do do that, and it does seem stupid and uh, un uh, unnatural when there is actual products like Google Keep to do the exact thing I'm doing. But I'm going to tell you that I have a good reason for it, and I stand by it. Okay. Uh, why do I email myself? It's so that I have a central place of storage to do this triaging phase that I check uh, impulsively, compulsively several times a day. So it's a high bandwidth centralized place 
to do my triage step. I need a triage step between all my uh, different storage systems. No, that makes sense. But I mean, like doing your email. Okay, like doing your email is one to do action. No, it's not. That's the thing. It's part of my my life. It's as compulsive as people checking their phones, their notifications. The thing is, I can't argue with that because the thing is, like, if you do everything on a to-do, like on a big, like, omnifocus, like a very complicated to-do system, you can feed anything that you want in it, okay? But, like, you won't check it compulsively because you have, like, there's no dope, like, there's no excitement of, like, what is there? Like, because, like, you know what is there. So, and, like, the thing with email, I think why you're checking it every, like, hour or something is like because you have the same excitement as in like social media like you don't know what is uh, like yeah, and there might be stuff they, they might be important stuff and you just make it part of a routine yeah, exactly so like i can't i can't argue with that fact i still can argue with the fact that like in google in G- you use gmail or you use something else gmail so in gmail you can have like your google keep next to it or your google calendar next to it like in the same window when you open gmail and i think you could use that or google task even no, but that, so i i want to have this triage phase because that's the the part where i decide what's urgent what's not urgent what's long term what's not long term what's what goes where i want to uh, my whole system is predicated on the fact that i store things and index them smartly. So if you used a specific app to do that, you're worried that you won't check it out. It would need to fit conveniently in my workflow. So easy to input, easy to check. But mostly it would necessarily be a new step in my routines because I'm already checking my emails and I have to keep checking my emails. Yeah, but the thing is like right now, like you use more cognitive resources when you're checking your email because you it, you can have something to triage you. Sometimes you don't. So like you need to think about that and it kills your workflow about checking your email because that's something to triage. You need to think about that thing. It's really not that much cognitive load. (laughs) Maybe that would be less if you have another thing. Well, it is when you actually do the triaging, but if you just check. uh, But like if you had a habit of check. Yeah, okay, okay. No, but I see your point. It just like clearly it can't be the most, can't be the best way to do that. For now, we should call it a day. Yeah. So, bye. So, bye. Now, these were all the episodes we have so far. And uh, so, we want to hear more from you so that we can say more to you. Check us out on uh, Reddit at notdailypodcast.com, on Twitter slash notdailypodcast, and notdailypodcast at gmail.com, or anywhere else you <laughs> find us <laughs> that I'm not aware of. In, in reviews, leave us good reviews on iTunes and stuff. And we'll read all of it and answer next, well, starting next time.